You remember John Tunstall? Remember the stories he tell us about the three Chinamen playing Fantan? Someone runs up to him and says, hey, the world is coming to an end. And the first one says, well, I best go to the mission and pray. And the second one says, well, hell, I'm gonna go buy me a case of mezcal and six whores. And the third one says, well, I shall finish the game. I shall finish the game, Doc. Welcome to the Arterburn Radio Transmission. Special Sunday evening broadcast, kind of impromptu. I've been wanting to mix that audio together for years, and I decided I'm going to do that today. It's a little uh, clip from the movie Young Guns 2 with Emilio Estevez. Emilio! It's a great line about finishing the game. Well, folks, it is Sunday. I, I mentioned that already. It's the 16th of April, 2023. I'm broadcasting from the wisewolfgoldandsilver.com studios in windy, yet beautiful Branson, Missouri. They didn't have a chance to uh, geoengineer me. <laughs> it's, too, it's too windy to rain down aluminum and barium and chromium and whatever whatever they uh, use to block out the sun or whatever they're doing, right, without our consent above our heads. And uh, it's windy, so uh, you can hear probably the studio is creaking back and forth, and Beans the Brave is just off, just off camera to my left. Not enjoying that at all. Uh, Charlie the Chocolate Labrador is here. It's been a, it's been a good Sunday. I wanted to, uh, to go live talk to all of you, tell you how much I appreciate you and um, do some house cleaning on the show. It's been a while since I updated the channel and that was not on purpose. I've been traveling back and forth between Branson and uh, our location in Denison, Texas, which is near the trading floor in Dallas. And the reason I'm doing that is to try to set up alternative uh, supply chains for not only my regular customers, but for Wolfpack. And we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, our membership program and how it's growing. And I've been front end loading all of that, make sure that we never run out of product. Because if you pay me, I need to send you product immediately. And um, again, you know, you look at the headlines. <laughs> we talked about this on America Unplugged. Um, it's, it's funny. It's like, you know, I, I started off America Unplugged. I said, I'm looking forward to see what the simulation's throwing at us this week. And things are accelerating and I don't mean to be an alarmist. I'm not an alarmist. So if you guys like my show, if you've been listening to me for years, you know that I'm not an alarmist, uh, but I do tell the truth to the best of my ability. I want to have the best analysis and you've got things like institutions across the board. This is a fourth turning. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about what that is, but you know, if you, if you look at history it, in cycles, uh, things fall apart like the William Butler Yeats poem, uh, the center cannot hold sometimes, but we're seeing everything fall apart uh, pretty rapidly. It's kind of like the fall of the Soviet Union. You know, in 1979, uh, they invaded Afghanistan on my birthday, the, the day I was actually born. And uh, no one thought that within 11 years, they would disappear off the face of the earth. They were the mighty Soviet empire. They were first in space with Sputnik. They had nuclear weapons and nuclear submarines, a massive land army, um, huge political sway. I mean, half the world was basically, you know, it's half and half, really, uh, free world versus the communist state. And then they're just gone. So things happen that way in the modern era. We're watching the fall of, of the Breton Woods Agreement. This really, actually, it's, this is Breton Woods 3. If you go from 1944, that lasted till 1971 when Nixon, Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard and uh, the dollar has floated that long, over 50 years. We're watching that implode uh, and it's happening rapidly with the, the BRICS nations, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, all that. I mean, it's, 
It's accelerating, folks. It's happening faster than anybody anticipated. We've got the tensions with, with Taiwan. And if you know anything about the history there, it's even more confusing because I thought we already pretty much seeded that over, but we've got tensions there. We've got uh, the Ukraine issue. Uh, the Biden administration has been exposed for planting the explosive on the Nord Stream pipeline. And then you have the things like the Dalai Lama wants you to suck his tongue if you're a child. I mean, folks, I mean, <laughs> and, you know, the people are up in arms about, and we're going to get into a little bit. I, there's an article on Zero Hedge about the the beer can deal with Bud Light and that trans activist or whatever. <laughs> Do you get your values from beer folks? I mean, do you remember when Pete Coors ran for Senate? And that was like a big deal over in Colorado. And people said, Oh, that we can't have a beer company representative or family <laughs> member of a, of a beer dynasty represent us. And then, you know, people are, up in arms about this and i don't know what to make of it all i know is that the the meme that captured my attention this week was two children on a porch kind of being really scared of a raccoon or something and they're pointing at it and behind them is a tiger and the, they said they point an arrow towards the raccoon they said uh beer cans that are frightening you and behind them is the tiger says the upcoming economic collapse so that's what this show is all about is real issues i mean i know it's, it's funny i've been in talk radio so long now i know like how i should open up if i really wanted to get people engaged and i really wanted to talk about things that'll fire you up and maybe you'll go to my website and buy something and i, I can i can do the left right paradigm really well i can set up teams we're not going to do that uh that's worthless and it leads to nowhere and that's why we're in the in the situation that we're in it's because people that have the opportunity to speak to large audiences usually blow it uh, by talking about nonsense. We are going to get into some of that today a little bit, but it's not for what the reasons that I that you know that other commentators would. Let's put it that way. And I want to get into some house cleaning too. Uh, it's been a while since I updated the channel, and uh, again, I told you why. Um, but there's more than that. There's a, uh, sometimes in, in this realm, when you, when you want to bring your best self to a broadcast, um, a lot of times I'll bow out because I don't think I'm my best self. I think, you know, sometimes I get overloaded and I'm trying to do something about that. And the reason I wanted to go live and talk to all of you today is because, and, and I put that clip together of young guns too. It's been on my mind about really finishing the game. And that doesn't mean quitting or anything like that. Actually, it's, uh, this is probably good news, but I wanted to, to talk to all of you about what comes next. If you're subscribing to my channel, uh, if you're following paratruther or in the art of burn radio transmission and, um, <laughs> forgive me for, if you're following the wise wolf golden crypto show, uh, that is on me. I haven't put out shows and you would think I would in the midst of everything that's happening, which it's more important than ever for us to have conversations about, uh, the monetary system, about fiat currency, about, uh, real value and metals and the history of money and all. I mean, I should be doing that every day. As a matter of fact, I'm going to start doing more and I want you to stay tuned to the channel because I want to start doing maybe smaller shows, just updating you every day on what I'm seeing in the markets. Uh, maybe pick out a couple of articles, uh, but, you know, cause this is, this is huge. This is history. You don't get a second chance at stuff like this. When you see a complete meltdown on the horizon uh, and what that's going to mean for all of us, like we've got to get smart. We've got to get tough. Uh, we've got to make better decisions. I have to make better decisions. Uh, this is, this show is really today is about accountability for me because I haven't been my best. I'm doing, I feel like I'm doing sometimes the best I can, but that doesn't mean I'm my best. And so this is really a, a well, it's, it's a conversation with all of you. We're going to go over some headlines. Don't worry. I'll get in. I'll, I'll get into some Northeast, West and South. I'll get into some news. Um, but I wanted to talk to you about finishing the game. 
and uh, what that's going to mean. All right, let's uh, let's jump right in. <laughs> let's let's jump right into that story. And let me present the screen here. StreamYard changed some things, and so I'm I'm really having a hard time figuring all this out. So bear with me. All right, here we go. This is Zero Hedge. Anheuser-Busch transitions into damage control mode, and people aren't buying it. After rolling out a Bud Light ad campaign featuring flamboyant transgender influencer Dylan McVaney, Mulvaney, whose ditzy caricature of a woman mocks decades of actual progress by feminists who have apparently been woke-shamed into silence, Anheuser-Busch damage control team kicked into action on Friday after Mulvaney ad sparked a massive backlash quote we never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people again folks it's a beer company um yeah <laughs> uh, if you're you can't get your your values from beer i'm sorry um <laughs> it reminds me of something like I, I love the to to read philosophy, and especially one of my favorite philosophers is Friedrich Nietzsche. Uh, but apparently Nietzsche had syphilis, and I remember there was a I don't remember if it was Martin Heidegger. It was one of the one of the Nietzsche scholars or someone uh, kind of mockingly said, you know, he's talking about the transvaluation of all values and uh, the beyond good and evil that he wrote about and people and one, I forget, forget who it was, but one of the scholars says, uh, don't get your, your morality from a syphilitic philosopher. Yeah, don't get your values from beer. Um, Hey, I like beer. I, <laughs> I'm more of a Coors guy. Sorry. I drink the, I drink Coors original. I found it to be a pretty decent beer. I, I don't know what I would do if they started in, and I'm sure they will. I better plan on you know what I'm going to do when they start uh, joining the cultural Marxism game. Um, but Bud Light has, and Anheuser Busch is, it's owned by um, Stella Artois, isn't it? Owned by a Belgian company. Anheuser Busch isn't American anymore. It's and this happens to like you know you go to Scotland, and Scotland doesn't have uh, all their Scotch is owned by like companies from around the world, especially Japan, owns all the Scotch companies. <laughs> Is we you know we never intended to be a part of the discussion. I care deeply about this country, this company, and our brands and our partners," said the CEO. "I spend much of my time traveling across America, listening to and learning from our customers, distributors, and others. Moving forward, I will continue to work tirelessly to bring beers to consumers across our nation, which is kind of an that's not really walking anything back. It's funny." Uh, <laughs> junkyard one of my longtime listeners sent me a screenshot of the anheuser-busch ceo uh his twitter profile and uh it, if you look slow slowly down and scroll down it, it shows that he worked for the central intelligence agency <laughs> and i'm like well i mean of course you know the, and the new american has a great article out in their print magazine uh this month about uh joe biden and esg Folks, this is ESG, environmental, social governance, and and huge shock. The the world's you know wealthiest uh, people and entities, multinational corporations and banking consortiums, fund Marxist uh, sociological experiments. I mean, I know it's a news flash. I if, you, if you're just listening to my show for the first time, I know it's a news flash. I know that it's a lot to take in, but the world's richest people always fund communism. When you figure that out, I mean, I wish I'd have learned that when I was a teenager. I wish I'd have learned that, you know, first thing out of the gate. Like, here's what you, you know, because you think, oh, well, it's the capitalist versus the communist. And, you know, we're all... It's us against them, and we've got to fight the woke mob and the, the Marxists and all the revolutionaries and all that. Not so fast. That's not how that works. I mean, Gary Allen wrote a book in the 1970s called None Dare Call It Conspiracy. Go get it. It details, you know, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the Morgans, the Warburgs, you know, Paul Warburg, who was the first head of the Federal Reserve in 1913 when we went to war. With Germany in 1917, do you know who was head of the central bank 
in Germany, Max Warburg, <laughs> his brother, and we were mortal enemies, by the way, right? They actually based uh, Paul Warburg, the character Daddy Warbucks in Little Orphan Annie. Uh, that's Warburg. And if you watch the movie from the 80s with Paul Finney, or excuse me, Albert Finney, the actor, uh, he's like telling and putting Roosevelt on hold, not taking President Roosevelt's calls because he's above the president. See, previous generations, they really knew this. And if you go back even like to the turn of the 20th century, there was like cartoons with J.P. Morgan uh, shaking hands with Karl Marx and stuff like they, they got it. You know, there's way smart, which, which should keep you up at night. Cause you know, the, that, that generation, smart people, like you're coming out of like the age of Tesla and Thomas Edison. And it seems like, you know, there's just going to be this massive explosion of inventions. They, well, the banksters stopped that they put us in a worldwide war, you know, that's how you stop things from, you know, becoming, oh, better. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you that's how you stop things from progressing really uh and uh you know the, you had a lot of things that were happening in that time frame but it was all about war the carnegie foundation figured that out you know they had that famous think tank meeting where they're like well the only way we can implement all this change is is to get into a war and then they're like wait how do we get into one well they figured it out and uh we got into world war one and so all of this change happening because of the same people and their lineage following down through the years. And then you have this, you have ESG. It's just a fancy way of doing the same thing they, that they did in 1913. And by the way, it's not just the Fed that they gave you in 1913. You also got the 16th Amendment. You got the income tax. You got the 17th Amendment, which is the direct election of senators uh, by banks. Do you think you elect your senator? <laughs> you know, it used to be the state legislature. And they could recall people, and it was much more important. Like it, you, your state legislature lost so much after allowing that to happen. Like it lost so much clout. It could recall its senator at will. Can you imagine that? Imagine that today, being able to recall your senator in real time. And they didn't always use it for good. I mean, the Texas legislature back in the 1850s recalled Sam Houston who was the first president of Texas, and he became senator and eventually governor. They recalled, they censured him for wanting to keep the union together. Matter of fact, John F. Kennedy put, him, put that in his little book, uh, Profiles and Courage. Anyway, just this is, this is why I wanted to do the show, right? Because we can talk a little history. We can talk a little bit of headlines. But this is nothing new, right? And I'm not going to get involved in the, the is it right? Do they have, you know, Wow, I'm so I'm so taken aback that a beer company will put a trans activist on a can. I don't care. Uh, but it's a sign of the times. And it should show you do everything you can. On, and, and all of us are guilty on some level, but buy local. You know, buy from your local brewery. If you're gonna be if you're a beer drinker or whatever, which I don't care, you know, and your local winery or source it from something or a company that has you know, your shared values or whatever, you have the power to do that. And we don't often do it because it's not convenient, right? But I think this, this might have a lasting impression, but here's, here's something else that bothers me. You know, you hear these conservatives, and sorry, folks, I'm on the right. I'm, I'm your friendly right-wing extremist, um, but I'm not considering myself a conservative anymore because there's nothing left to conserve. But anyway, you hear all these conservatives on talk radio going, look, you go woke and you go broke. Show me. Show me where someone has gone broke. I see no evidence of that. They may lose, what do they say? We lost $6.66 in six minutes or whatever it was, right? You can't show me where you've gone broke. No company's gone broke from going woke, period. That is a farce. That's to make you feel like you're engaged in something. You're really not. And let me tell you the reason why. Multinational corporations no longer care about profit. Why do you think Hollywood botches everything? They could make 
money hand over fist. They could open up all the theaters back up. They could be, they know what audiences want. They don't care. Have you wondered that? Like, like Disney just completely destroying franchises. Why do they do that? Why does Nike, why did Nike do what it's doing with all the kneeling and all that stuff and taking sides there and making it about a political ideology instead of the best sports shoe you can make or the best piece of equipment for your whatever sport or, or clothing line? Because ESG, environmental, social governance. And you're saying, well, Tony, well, that doesn't make any sense. Where does the money come from? It comes from the central bank. It comes from the partnership that the central bank has with the largest corporations in the world and other banking houses like BlackRock, like Vanguard, like others. And those companies hold the keys to the kingdom of retirement funds, massive uh, insider deals, fun, you know, government funding. So of course these companies they want they want to be snuggled up real close to daddy ESG. And it doesn't work. But they don't care. It doesn't work for you, but it works for them. They've chosen sides. And that's what you got to get used to, right? And then so when you hear the go woke go broke, ask for evidence. I've seen no evidence of it. I mean they tout a lot of numbers. But will will Bud Light go out of business? Will Hazard Bush go out of business because of this? Not at, not at all. And people will still drink the people still love the bread and circus. You know the Roman emperors would always, anytime there was a massive looting of the treasury, or they get into a to a stalemate, or they're losing a war, or there's massive poverty. Well, it's bread and circus. You know, open up the Colosseum. Get the gladiators out. Freed some Christians to the lions, right? Just putting out their thumb up or down. People love it. People show up. You can do whatever you want if you're the NFL. You can do whatever if you want if you're the NBA or Major League Baseball, right? Who cares? <laughs> They're going to continue to do anything they want and push whatever agenda they want. And this is just placating. Look at Na NASCAR. We lost NASCAR to wokeism. <laughs> what was that story? And, it, and this is, we've gone through so much. Like there's been, I mean, you talk about accelerating acceleration. I was just thinking of our Buckminster Fuller. <laughs> but if you, if you look at that uh, story of the, remember the, the drawstring on the garage and it somehow was a noose and you had like 40 FBI agents showing up trying to, <laughs> trying to figure out who put a noose on that, what is it, Bubba Wallace or whatever the driver's, you know, garage, and it's just literally a drawstring. <laughs> but, you know, if you tried to get the same people to go, hey, who dropped up all those pallets of bricks in 2020 on the street corners? I mean, they they had pallets of bricks dropped off on, on protest routes in Frisco, Texas, folks. But I didn't see any investigations on that, did you? No, of course not. No, that's, that's not worth looking into. <laughs> we, we only need to find out about drawstrings on garages. <laughs> there is some comedy in the apocalypse, and I hope that you see it too. But it, there's, a, there's a lot here. There's a lot to unpack. And it is, this is a Sunday. I think it's a Sunday show, so I don't have to hammer everything very hard, but <laughs> let's just keep going. Down. Main thing is on ESG, folks, is they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop because they run, they're not going to run out of money because there's an endless supply of fake monopoly money from the central bank, from the Federal Reserve, tied to these companies. That's what they do. And that should scare you because if you're saving the green pieces of paper, they're devaluing it every time they prop up one of these stupid ideas because they're changing the culture. You got to do it from the inside. You got to do it iteratively, like Fauci said. You know, you do it from the inside. And that's what they think. That's what cultural Marxism is. It's the operating system for Satanism. That's, I mean, that's what Marxism is. You go look at uh, 
what they figured out, you know, after they purged Russia of the middle class, like Stalin starving out the Ukrainians, and they killed off the people and sent them to the gulag and erased them from history, the kulaks. They were known as the kulaks. They were the middle class. They were the landowners of Russia, and they all got taken care of, right, by the regime. They did massive, you know, uh, in, imprisonment and death squads and all this. There's millions of people. But one thing they figured out, and the scholars figured out, this is I'm getting to the point of why you have cultural Marxism, is they figured out that, yeah, that you can take over a country with communism. You can be funded by the bankers, and you get all your gold, and you get all your money, and you get all your weapons, and you, you can take over a country, and you can have this top-down totalitarian system, but it doesn't capture the hearts and minds of people. They'll, they'll obey you, but they don't really believe. And to have a true state based off the, the vision of Marx, you need, to have, you need to capture people's hearts. So that's why you have what's called the Frankfurt School, Frankfurt, Germany, a huge amount of refugees coming out of the Third Reich that were kicked out. And they found refuge here in, in the United States of America during the Roosevelt administration. And so that's where you get in academia, you get the Frankfurt School spreading out, and that's where you get the revolution of the 1960s and so on and so forth. There's really nothing. This is the end game of that. But at the same time, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You know, that Isaac Newton fellow, he was onto something with that, right? There's, there's always something. You can't have, there's nothing happens in a vacuum. Nothing just happens without a reaction. There always is a, there's a, there's a backlash. And there will be a backlash here. But we're all riding this wave just watching everything like it's a terrible accident. We're watching it in real time, and there's not much you can do to stop it. You're seeing a culture. I mean, think of the decadence where you have people that are clearly unbalanced, not doing well mentally, spiritually, because you want to you know, do something provocative in front of a child or read them a story or drag queen story, time, whatever, and these parents that are – that's, that is, that is a, a direct result of a society that has lost all equilibrium on what's important, what's right, what's wrong. Uh, and they don't look, they've walked between the raindrops for a long time. So they're just not worried about the future because they don't see like maybe you and I do uh, the freight train. You know, it looks like a light at the end of the tunnel. It's a freight train coming your way. They don't see it. So they're just, you know, think this is the, it goes on forever. Uh, no, it doesn't, and this will have a massive backlash, and it will it will happen when things get real, when things really start, when the rubber meets the road. And I'm talking about economically, I'm talking about geopolitically, uh, when the corruption can no longer sustain itself, the corrupt class, the parasite class. They'll start abandoning ship. Matter of fact, they're already doing it. I mean, they're, they put Joe Biden in charge, folks. I mean, that's how, that's how bad it is, right? They put this old globalist, soulless hack in charge of this country, and they're just going to let it in, implode. You know, wh why, do, why do you think that nobody in this administration is doing anything to help the American people? Do you think that's politics? That's not politics. That's a plan. Nothing. No help. Putting us on the brink of nuclear war? Uh, collapsing the dollar? Putting sanctions on us via Russia? You know, driving up the, the price of, of energy? And then instead of allowing us to, to drill or to open up new areas to get crude or become energy independent, they shut down the pipelines and then just release oil from the strategic reserve. I mean, it's, come on, folks. There, there's no accidents here. It's something, you know, FDR said that. If, it, if it's in politics, you can bet it was planned. And that guy should know. You know, if, if it happens at all in politics, you can bet it was planned. Yeah, because he was part of that. Well, speaking of uh, politics, this is fun. <laughs> this is some summit.news. Hilarious. Massive dog wants Biden to get the hell away from him. Um, yeah, the, a, a dog will know. <laughs> a, 
a, a dog's going to know if you're a decent person. That's the thing about, I, I'm pretty lucky that way. Uh, dogs and kids pretty much know me, right? Like I walk, it's like, oh, hey, you know, dogs, they get me. And like, I think he's one of us. <laughs> he's, uh, he's into mischief. He's not a bad guy. Um, dogs love me and I'm always around a dog. I don't know how I went so long without one. Uh, that's, that blows my mind. And when I'm away from my dog now for a little while, I start going, this is weird. I feel strange. I should have, I should have my buddy. Joe Biden's Irish weekend at Bernie style trip continued on Thursday with several incredible moments, including the U S president's attempt to say hello to a dog that hilariously wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. The huge mountain dog called uh, Minsek, the Irish word for courage, belongs to the Irish president, Michael Higgins, who had him put back in the house to avoid more embarrassment after he growled and barked a warning at Joe Biden, backing away and refusing to greet him. <laughs> uh, one of the people on Twitter uh, says the dog can sense there's no soul there. <laughs> The dog wants nothing to do. There's, there's free man Phil says dog knows a lizard when he sees it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, by the way, I saw a meme and I had to send it to some friends. Uh, I sent it to Billy Ray Valentine too uh, yesterday. So I found this on Twitter. It was great. It's just, I need, I should have just pulled it up. Um, but it's uh, Jesus is, there's a guy driving a truck or something. And Jesus is behind him with this whispering over his shoulder says, Hey bro. The world is run by lizard people. And the guy driving says, I know, Jesus, I know. <laughs> so just they brought that back up, brought that to my, to my uh, memory bank. Yeah. This is, and this should tell you everything you need to know. You know, the Richard Nixon had that problem. They had a, I think it was an Irish setter or something. I never could get, <laughs> never could get him to like, uh, like the president couldn't be, couldn't be photogenic. But Nixon's nothing compared to, to Biden. I mean, you talk about something really wrong with you. At, le at least and Nixon had a lot of massive flaws, but at least he wanted to have a deal with the Russians and wanted to do something with China. I mean, anything, you know, he, and he, again, he, he had a lot of bad ideas, but nothing compared to these people. Well, dogs know, don't they? All right. Let me see if I can. Find out who's on the Rockfin chat. It's gonna. It's been a while, so if I've got anybody over there, I need to make sure I say hi. Hey, we've got. We already got it. Yeah, dogs. No, thanks, Angry Tiger. Uh, we got Angry Tiger. Jason Barker's there, and Rhonda Tate's in the chat. Thank you for showing up, everybody. It means a lot to me. I'll see who has. Uh, who tipped me five dollars? Yeah, we're. Oh, Gardner Goldsmith, the man. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying my impromptu. I, I literally just thought I, I told Billy about an hour ago, I'm just going to go live. I need to update my channel and, and let people know what's happening with, uh, with the show and when they're going to do some more paratruthers, uh, when there's going to be some more content on gold and silver. And the good news is, is there's going to be a lot of content and I'm getting ready for that. So I guys just need your patience because I'm working all that out. As a matter of fact, I was, Coming from the gym that, that I own here in, in uh, Hollister, Missouri, right down the street from the shop. And uh, you know, I, I might put the video up later. Uh, I decided that I was going to do a powerlifting meet. By, by the way, I'm in really no condition to, to do anything, any, any kind of great numbers. I mean, it, I used to be world class. I mean, I had world titles and records and stuff. But I decided to do one, and it's in the Texas State Championship. And if Junkyard's listening, it's it's down in Waco. It's going to be in Waco next uh, this coming weekend. And uh, so I ordered, I called up the supply company where I bought like a the bench shirts and uh, you know the safety shirts and like the the deadlift suit and all this stuff and like the wrist straps and all. And they still had my address from when I was in the 108th MP company at Fort Bragg. Like they had me on record from that long ago. And it's been 22 years since I wore a, uh, a bench shirt. And so I just went in today and uh, had my head, the guy that works with the head trainer there, uh, Will, 
And I said, Will, I need you to help me get in this shirt. And um, I'm smaller than I was, but it still took a lot to get in it. And you guys should see, like, my arms, like, my armpits are, like, bloody. <laughs> it pulled my skin apart. It was great, though. And I, I did. But I'm doing my bench press backwards. So this is something else that I'm just, this is an old school thing. I always wanted to do it. So I'm doing it with the, my grip turned around. And uh, that's a long story, but um, I'm working on, I wanted, that I wanted to do, that was kind of a goal. I wanted to do something backwards. So anyway, I did 325 today. This is really easy, but uh, that's what I was going to open with. And you know, I'm doing that. I'm going to deadlift. We'll see, and hopefully get at least a 500 pound deadlift. Again, not great numbers, but uh, I am in the masters now. I've got a lot of gray hair, and I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the masters division, which will be fun, and uh, just good goals and stuff to do. And I've I've been needing to, to get some some positive competition stuff because, I mean, if you're paying attention, and I so I'm, I've had, a lot of moving parts going on in my mind. There's. I'm, I'm worried about supply chains for my business. I'm worried about banking. I'm worried about, you know, playing that, those musical chairs, you know, because I'm responsible for a lot of people's, you know, their funds and that's, that can weigh, I have no problem with it and I'm good at it, but there's also outside circumstances that are out of my control. So I have to make sure that I am doing everything I can to protect not only the people that work for me now, because I'm a long way away from being in, in San Antonio, Texas, buying scrap gold with Layla. Okay. Layla, the Labrador. Um, that's how we started this business. I'd wake up at 5 AM and I would go to the gym and I'd go to the shop and I'd work until, you know, six, seven o'clock at night. And I'd go home and I'd start the day all over. That's what I do. And I used to be open seven days a week. And this is in 20, when I first started Wise Wolf and I learned from trial and error and I had to look stupid. Sometimes you got to have the courage to look ridiculous. And I did a few times, never got burned or burned anybody else, but made stupid calls and you have to learn that way. And I did. And so that was just me though. And it was easy to balance the books. It was easy to, okay, well, I bought, you know five different bracelets and some rings today. I got a bag full of scrap. I bought a bar of gold. I bought, you know, a hundred ounces of silver. You know, you put it on a list, you sell it to the trading floor, you sell it to an individual, you cash out. And I had to do that every day because of cash flow. And that's how I did my business for a while. I started getting back on the radio. I had a little bit of extra money that got me some bigger customers. And then here I am. And you fast forward uh, five years and we've got, hundreds and hundreds of members uh at wolfpack so automatic i've got you know i'm sponsoring some magnificent podcast programs so we're all over the map um i got some great customers i got a lot of people that trust me and i'm really proud of that so why am i not doing more content well that you got your answer there and it's that's going to have to come from me and what i've been thinking about doing is following david knight like around 11 a.m. Central Time, um, because we got FreeWorld.fm coming up, and David's going to be a part of that, um, and we're really looking forward to all the hosts on FreeWorld. It's coming on and doing a stream, uh, and it may not be an hour, but it may be you know 11 o'clock Monday through Thursday. This is what I've been thinking. You guys can bear with me. You know, 11 o'clock Monday through Thursday, if it's all possible, to do a, a Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto report kind of show. And put that up on this feed and all, you know, my other Wise Wolf feed and ask you guys to sub subscribe and share the channel and see if we can grow it. And then obviously Arterburn Radio on Fridays and then find time for, for deep dive interviews on Paratruth. Right? That's a lot of content. And maybe we mismatch a day somewhere in there. But that's what I've been thinking. And I'll keep you guys updated on it. Uh, it's, been, it's been a crazy last uh, six months. Uh, but I think I can finally kind of see some light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I hope it's not a freight train, but I'm pretty sure uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to have some more time. All right, let's. Well, I'm I'm not on a restricted timeline today, so uh, let me see. Let's. I try to stay away from something depressing, but <laughs> I'm doing my best. Here's something I found on Natural News: pulling the plug. 
Bank of America clients withdraw $2.3 billion from securities, Bank Strategist says. Bank Strategist Jill Carey Hall said in a note on Tuesday, April 11th, the Bank of America clients sold around $2.3 billion in U.S. equities of all sizes last week, despite the relative quiet in the stock market. Bank of America financial analysts led by Hall indicated that that was the second consecutive week of outflows, but they did not specify the reason for the withdrawals. Oh, you don't, <laughs> you don't know the reason? That's funny. However, data compiled by the bank shows clients both sold single stocks and exchange-traded funds, ETFs, for the second consecutive week while selling was broad-based across client groups, including institutions, head funds, retail, and size segments. The outcomes, outflows come as an as a uncertainty brews about the staying power of this year's rally in the S&P 500. I, I wouldn't, this is so much, so weird to watch. If you know geopolitics, if you know the history of the monetary system, now, and I'm not saying I'm an expert on hedge funds or stock. I'm not. One of the reasons I'm not is because I, I do know about the monetary system and I do know a thing or two about geopolitics. And if you look at those two things, how are these things going to be anywhat stable, anywhere in the realm of making sense financially? I don't know. Bank clients also yanked $450 million from real estate stocks last week, the largest withdrawal since July of 2021. Meanwhile, ETFs posted their biggest outflow since January across all styles, including growth, value, and blend across small, mid, and large-cap ETFs. Critics are speculating that people losing faith in the banking system are going for more tangible assets such as precious metals, gold and silver, and other investments. Well. Here's a little secret. Um, when people uh, uh, in a larger swath of normal go to place those orders eventually, it won't be there because it's barely there now. And that's, again, that's not me doing an infomercial on, I want to sell you as much precious metals. I'm telling you, that's the truth. It, you're talking about a very, very limited supply of actual precious metals with wait times. Uh, most things have wait times. So one of the reasons I've been going to Dallas is one of the reasons that I wanted to open up Denison just so we'd have an extra number and geographically that people could say, well, I want to, and now we've already picked up stuff there. It's great. I'm already starting to get calls and I'm starting to get that flow you know, I bought some gold last week. I bought some silver last week, some silver bars, some gold bars. So we're starting to see that. And I need it because when I go to the trading floor and I see, and I'm a member of three different wholesale companies, everybody's got delays and the product's not what it used to be. It's not the same, you know, whatever you would consider live. Uh, there's always a delay. There's always some issue going on. So Think about that. You know, if you've been sitting on the fence wondering what you're going to do, and one of the easiest ways, if you're if you're trying to do a budget on precious metals, and again, not an infomercial, but go check out my membership. Go check out Wolfpack, wolfpack.gold. And if you do that, all of the stuff I've been working on is to make sure that we front-end load product so we never run out. So you always get something in the in the mail. Like, you know, it once your payment goes through, it's usually three days afterwards. I have it on automatic now. And the, my wonderful ladies at the office, uh, I won't say their names because I don't want them to be associated with my, um, being, what, what am I, an enemy of the state now or um, an extremist? <laughs> Whatever, if you, if you believe in uh, the Constitution, you're a bad person. Um, but, you know, we have it set on automatic to where it, it just goes out. And I, I even told Kenzie the other day, I said, uh, she was talking about doing a flash sale. I got like 5,000 uh, silver dimes here. I've been buying anytime silver dimes walk into the shop or silver, you know, not pre 1965, I've been putting it away. I put it away to ensure that 
that's part of Wolfpack. And we've been buying boxes of American Eagles. I've been buying uh, fractional gold. Very hard to get now. And I knew that was coming too. Um, so I placed another uh, order last week. So that's what I've been working on, folks. And these these stories, and the reason I, I just kind of skimmed some headlines before I went live, these are the indicators and the signposts on the road ahead. I like the twilight zone. You need to pay attention. Um, because the mainstream's never going to tell you because either they don't know or they're in on it. And chances are they just don't know because they don't research because they just read stuff, you know, like they just read talking points. They're not going to talk about, <laughs> they're not going to talk about the fall of the dollar or the economic equilibrium, the new economic equilibrium that's coming. And it's, it's coming faster than anybody thought possible, uh, including me. Uh, I, I'm alarmed at how fast it's happening. I'm scrambling to try to to brace for for impact because it just it should be one thing can set off the whole crescendo of issues, right? The 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 terrible ifs accumulate. All right, let's do one more story, and then I'll see if um, what we got on gold and silver prices for the weekend, and uh, we'll get we'll get out of here. But again, thanks to everybody who subscribes to the program and listens to the show. It really means a lot. I'm, I'm going to do more content. Um, that is going to happen. And we're going to really dig in. We're going we're gonna to put our shoulder to the plow. We're really going to lean into the, to the economic and sociological reality that we're facing. And I'll do it with you. You guys show up, help me, share the channel. I'll be here, okay? We'll do that. All right, let's do one more story. <laughs> this is what I've always thought, too. This is technocracy.news. You know, it was such a lie of the population explosion. Remember that all through the 70s and 80s, and, like, it's always, you know, just in, in five years, in 10 years, in 20, we're all going to be, you know, the... This goes back to the 19th century with Thomas Malthus and the Malthusian, you know, uh, philosophy of there's too many people and you really can't help them. And every time you help them, you're creating another form of misery because people should, you know, there shouldn't be so many. We can't feed them. It's all a lie. It's such an anti-people, anti-human uh, belief system that's baked into everything. This comes just from the top down of the you know, Rockefeller school system and so on and so forth. And then just admit you're, you're meant to hate yourself for being human and wanting to exist and live. And, you know, we, the, the main thing about this too, and I'll get into the article, but we've come up with ways to, you know, to, to feed people. Now, some of it's GMO and all that, we can, we can do better, but we're nowhere near capacity. And the elites know this, but they push population control kind of a Georgia Guidestones um, <laughs> internal policy system. Uh, this is uh, Paul Elric was an entomologist at Stanford University when he penned Population Bomb. Entomology is the study of insects. Thus, Elric applied the science of insects to predict runaway overpopulation of humans that would destroy the world. Uh, Elric was dead. Wrong. <laughs> but what is worse is that the academic world let him get away with it. And this is on technocracy.news. People in the United States and Europe have long taken for granted the idea that the world is in the midst of a population explosion that threatens to cause the starvation of millions and render the earth uninhabitable. The world, we are told, would simply run out of food and could not possibly sustain the population it would have soon. This is how generations of people were sold the idea that it was the responsible thing to do to have small families, even led to the weakening of the idea of the family itself. See, this is the point, right? It's why the first world embraced all this because of the education system. And then the third world said, what are you talking about? Never listened. And that's why their populations continued to grow. But this was by design, right? 
The UK's far-left Guardian admitted Monday that the long-feared population bomb may not go off, according to the authors of a new report that estimates that human numbers will peak lower and sooner than previously forecast. The Club of Rome study... <laughs> of course, it's the Club of Rome study. The Club, Club of Rome study, which was carried out by the Earth for All Collective of leading environmental science and economic institutions, including the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research, and the BI Norwegian Business School for Climate predicts that on current trends, the world population will reach a high of 8.8 billion before the middle of the century, then decline rapidly. Well, yeah, and if you look at, see, I read this when I was 24. I read The Death of the West by Pat Buchanan, and I learned something really interesting, that the United States doesn't have a birth rate above population replacement levels. It's like neutral. It doesn't have, it's not growing. Uh, and then if you looked at Europe, none of them had a birth rate above population replacement except for one, and that was Muslim Albania. And that Russia was losing net 2 million people a year in population. And this was back, this is written in the year 2001. So I mean, it might be different now, but it's 2 million net a year. And that their population, their population of Russia, the, the, the Russians, they're going to take over the world, right? according to the uh, alarmist media and mainstream or whatever's wrong with these people. But they think that Russia is going to be the next you know, dominant power back to the days of the Soviet Union. Not true. Their population will be what our population was in 1947 by the year 2050. Japan is another example. Aging population doesn't have the young people. They didn't do mass immigration either. That's the one thing that we did different, though. You know, after 1973, we had Roe v. Wade. 1973 was the year of the Trilateral Commission being born. Interesting. Uh, it was the last year that we, and again, you can, I'm in alternative media, so whatever your belief is, it's the last time we went to the moon. 1973, big, last time we ran, ran a trade surplus in this country. But if you do the math forward, uh, we imported people from around the world. Uh, and if you lay the numbers over the, each other, the people that were lost to abortion and the people that we imported, they pretty much match up both illegal and legal immigration. Isn't that interesting how you can replace a population? Uh, Chuck Schumer notwithstanding, because he wouldn't understand what I just said. Um, he would just think that I'm an extremist kook or whatever. Um <laughs> But these are all true things. So you don't really have a population bomb. Uh, yeah, matter of fact, you could put everybody on earth with a little bit of land in Texas. So we don't have a population problem. Uh, we have a Luciferian bankster problem. We have a psychopath problem. We have a sociopathic politician, political class, parasite problem. We have a multinational corporation squelching development and ideas and technology and inventions problem. That's what we have. You know, you have a, a floating island of garbage about the size of Texas floating around in the Pacific Ocean. You have, you know, Matt, I, by the way, I, you would think that, you know, conservative, conservative radio, well, there's nothing wrong with the environment. Yes, there's lots of things wrong with the environment. Uh you know, look at the water in Flint, Michigan, or anywhere in America, if you put lithium and fluoride and all this crap in the water. But there's massive pollution because these governments don't care about that. They'll throw out Greta to talk about how you need to stop driving, but it's not about environment. It's about you not having mobility. It's about not you not having just mobility to travel, but not having upward mobility in the economy. So you can never compete with these people again. We could have long outpaced all of this stuff. We're stuck. This is the this is the stunted century that we're in. If you looked, I mean, look at the country. We're not we don't look like uh, I mean we're we're closer to looking like one of those like post-apocalyptic movies from the 80s. But if you ever think about, you know, how it was supposed to be and we're having to flying cars and all this technology never came. It never happened. We weren't allowed to do that. We weren't we were only allowed to get on certain, you know, things on the grid where, you know, you could take pictures of your food or take pictures of your face and then send them to the 
NSA database somewhere. But that was the that was the height of it, right? So don't believe don't believe any of this. When there's nothing wrong with the population except for the fact that we've been lied to, and there's not too many people, and that the only problem is is that we're not allowed to be our best selves. We're not allowed to grow as humans. We're not allowed to uh, stay out of these wars of choice or fake conflicts that are made up by these people at the top. We're not allowed to have inventions that get us out of a perpetual uh, dependence on multinational corporations and so on and so forth. There's where's the profit in peace. It's the famous line from Megadeth, peace sells, but who's buying? Well, I'm, I'm buying. It's not very, but it's not very popular though, right? And it's certainly, it's not profitable uh, for the ruling elite for us to not need them. Well, we don't, we don't need them, right? But they have us pinned down right now. They have us under thumb. We're the new serfs, you know, the new surf class. All right, let's do gold and silver prices, and then we'll get you guys out of here. Uh, today, on Sunday, uh, gold at $2,002. 2002 Luciferian Bankster Notes, LBNs, per troy ounce of the yellow metal, uh, down $2.37 since open. Uh, silver's at $25.31 for the white metal. And again, folks, I'll tell you, um, several indicators out there for declining dollar dominance. And it's de-dollarization is the word of the day. I'm going to ask you to do your research. Don't listen to me. I'm not trying. I don't even, I don't, I don't like the word invest with me. Don't do that. Don't put that on me. <laughs> don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I'm not telling you to invest in anything. That's not invest. It's right. I have people come in here all the time and they're like, what, what's good when I sell it, when it goes up. And I'm like, I don't know what it's going to do. You're basing it off dollars. It's like, it's like if it's like how many how many unicorns can you get for a basset hound? Well, one of those things is real. <laughs> it's like, um, basset hound's real. Uh, unicorns not, and that's what I'm saying. Like you're asking me, what is it? What's the dollar? How many dollars is going to be worth? I don't care, and that's what I tell people all the time. I'm like, I I save gold and silver because gold and silver to me are money. The dollar is not money. It hasn't been since 1971. It really wasn't even then. It, re it really since we took the silver out of the coinage after the deep state murder JFK, it really hasn't been anything. So I don't look at it as I don't look at the dollar's money. The dollar's a vehicle. It gets me in and out. I got to get it's. I want it out of it as fast as I can. I want gold. Right. I, the gold to me is cash. I know if you're in my business, if you know what I know, it's so liquid. Like that's what you want. Anyway, I'm telling you guys do your research. Go check out Wolfpack because if the more people that join, the stronger that it gets. And this isn't a pitch. This is just really, truly, it gets stronger. And I've seen it in real time. And I'm able to get some better deals. Uh, I won't let you down. You join Wolfpack. You're part of a great crew there. We're going to get you out some packages, uh, and it's guaranteed. And I'm putting, like I said, Wolfpack members have priority over, I'm sorry, everybody else. Even if you're a $50 member, you got priority over somebody who's spending thousands with me if they're not part of that. Because the first silver I'm going to get is going to go to you guys. Because that's what I, a, I'm a man of my word. That's the promise that I made. All right. Uh, what do we have? Do we have a way to, to play us out of anything? I haven't, I haven't been live this long and not, uh, not have to be on the radio. Let me see what I can find. Let's see if we got us anything to to play out. I mean, I'll go to the Rockfin chat one more time and uh, tell you guys that I appreciate you one more time. Yeah, Rhonda says great show. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. Uh, everybody's showing up is is uh, massively humbling, especially on a Sunday. I didn't announce the show. Well, I appreciate you guys. All right, let's see if I can get some tunes to play us out. This is uh it's not my not my usual thing. 
<laughs> see what I can do. Uh, let's do this one. Always fun to get a little note from my computer. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Thanks for joining. Take care of each other. I'll see you next week. End of transmission. <laughs>